Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we discuss the prequels, sequels and spin-offs that we would love to see, and by love I mean hate to see, for movie one-offs. Uh, actually today we are doing a bonus episode where we are uh, going to talk about the Oscars. Um, it is currently two days or one day before the Oscars, one yes. evening before the Oscars, and uh, yeah, we'd like to just uh, talk about what the films that are predicted and where these rank. So I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. So yeah, we're going totally off brand this week. Yes. Calling this a bonus episode. I think we paid our dues. We can go off brand now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so the way we're going to do this is we're just going to talk through our, uh, through the Best Picture nominations, all nine of them, um, starting with, uh, well, I'll go first with my number nine, um, which is Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, mine too. So that's great. Point of agreement. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. I found that film... I, I didn't like not enjoy it at all. But no, I, I expected to like it less, to be honest. Yeah, same, same. Because it, it just looked like a boring action film. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why it was nominated at all for anything. Um, I Yeah, I certainly wouldn't have nominated it for uh, for Best Picture. Uh, maybe other stuff, I'm not too sure. My main issue with it was that it was the pacing. It was just too slow and there was no story. It took one hour for the film to actually finish its synopsis. Yeah, I feel like had Mel Gibson been able to get away with doing choosing a two and a half hour battle scene and calling it a movie, he would have been much happier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like he was invested in the first half of this film no. at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I went into this film. I really tried to go into this film with an open mind and an open heart because mm-hmm. it is very easy to go into a Mel Gibson film and think expect to hate it. I don't. I don't like to go into any film expecting to dislike it. Yeah, and yeah, as a, the, to be fair, he definitely can choose a battle scene. That is something he does very mm. well. Mm. And there were certain scenes in this that I thought were really, really good. Like the, and they, uh, they were intense. They yeah, were so intense. There were too many of them, and I, I did feel like there, there were some questions of taste every now and again. It did cross that taste threshold to me. Where mm-hmm. I think. There's definitely something to be said for portraying war as it really is, but I think mm-hmm. it almost got too cartoonish at certain times with the violence. It was, and it was so much. Mm. Like once it got to the battle scene, it was just. I think there was like a solid forty to fifty minutes of just death and gore, and and it had a very false end. Like there was just that final bit. Well, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to because I would like to keep this spoiler free this episode. Okay, fair I enough. Um, to a degree, there are. Um, I do want to talk about the fact that the family just disappears, though. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole first hour obviously sets up this relationship with his father and his mother, his brother, never seen again. Yeah. Like, midway, the father fulfills a certain kind of role in which he comes back and gets his son into the army, but then that's it. Never mentioned again. The yeah. brother goes off to war, never seen or spoken of again. Mm-hmm. Did he live? Did he die? We don't know. I mean, this movie doesn't care. When this movie opened with flaming corpses and a passage from the Bible on a voiceover, I was like, mm-hmm. oh boy, we are in a Mel Gibson film. <laughs> yep, yep. And it very much kind of yeah, yes. stuck with that for me. It did, didn't yeah. it? It didn't disappoint. But yeah, I thought it was... You know who, who I wish had directed this film? Who? Steven Spielberg. Yes, it would, it would have been perfect. Yeah. I mean, I guess he kind perfect, of has, and it's like... called Saving Private Ryan, but yeah. <laughs> it's such a Spielbergian story because it's such an uplifting... Yeah kind of positive story, really inspiring. But I, I feel like Mel Gibson telling that story made, just told that story in kind of a negative, not negative way, but just a gratuit, more gratuitous than it needed to be. Yeah, it lost the, definitely. it got way too Jesus-y. Mm-hmm. I, I had two major laugh out loud moments in this film, mm-hmm. in a cinema, when nobody else laughed at all. So um, one, one was at the beginning when he's romancing the girl mm-hmm. uh, and he sees that she's reading a book called Rare Birds. Yeah. For she is a rare bird. I just thought it was obvious. <laughs> oh, God. And then at the end, when he's on the stretch, when he ascends into heaven, he's kind of ascending into heaven. Yes, I found that yes. just really over the top. Um, did not like the way the Japanese were portrayed in the film. No. Again, I feel like it's... No, a, not at all. It was yeah, awful. Yeah. Again, I feel like it's perfectly acceptable to portray 
war as it was in the sense that how the Americans would have seen the Japanese. So mm-hmm. I think it would be fine to have a, a negative portrayal of them in that sense. But I think in that, if you're going to do that, keep them faceless and don't tell their side at all. Yeah. Having a completely random scene in which a Japanese general who you've never seen before, like gratuitously commit harikari, mm. like, disembowel himself, just yeah. felt really tacky and it, un- it was, unnecessary. Yeah. 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 So there were definite questions of taste with this film. Certainly. Uh, and it got very I will say Andrew Garfield was very good. Yes. Because that character could have been really, really insufferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vince Vaughn was not. Vince Vaughn was ridiculous. Oh, him? Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was really, like, overly hammy. Yeah. Also, too many characters. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, there's so many soldiers. Like, if you'd had maybe, like, three soldiers who were, like, his friends and his pl- platoon. I, I, I like having a bit of a platoon where, like, mm. some of them have got like, their little bit characteristics. Mm. But there were too many in the... Well, yeah, there were both the, too many and not enough because none of them had any kind of personalities apart from yeah. Andrew Garfield and to a lesser degree Vince Vaughn. Like, other than the... Everyone's like, I'm Italian. I have a weird face. I'm naked for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I could say a lot about the um, that character. <laughs> of course you can. Um, anyway, let's, let's move on. Okay, uh, yeah, Your number nine? Well. Uh, so no. my number nine was Sorry. also Hacks of Age. So no. my number eight yeah. <laughs> is... Um, actually, this might be controversial. It's Lion. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's actually my number two. Oh, okay. So, so we disagree there. Big disagreement. Okay. Uh, what did um, I say about Lion? I really kind of... I had to do a bit of soul searching on this one because it is actually in terms of pure emotional reaction it's mm-hmm. the only one that made me cry in the cinema mm-hmm. like actual tears um, so in that sense you know it succeeded it was it, it, but I just and it's such a good story but I just didn't feel like it told that story in a very interesting way yeah I feel and I feel like the structure was all wrong I think part of it if I watched it again I might enjoy it more a second time because mm-hmm. one thing was that it was built it was kind of promoted as a Dev Patel film yeah as his story so I spent the first half which was actually really really good with that little kid mm-hmm. kind of imp- I thought that was a prologue and then when it went it went, it was so long it was like an hour of the film I was... I, no I really enjoyed it for that because I, I felt it was a film of two halves and I mm. wasn't expecting that at all I was expecting it to be all Dev Patel and that's where mm. all the story was but because mm. the first half was such a good story and mm. that actor carried it so well I, I was completely sold by it. I don't disagree, but my problem was that <clears throat> I watched that half kind of like, when's Dev Patel showing up? When does this film get moving? And then, I mean, it was a little bit like that as well. But then when he did show up, the film just actually died a death. It just fell off a cliff. Like I thought the second half, unfortunately, just didn't really... It's a hard story to dramatise because mm-hmm. a lot of his scenes were just him kind of staring at screens and looking kind of moody. I thought his yeah. scenes with Nicole Kidman were fantastic. They were really, yeah. really powerful. But... The Rooney Mara plotline was complete waste of time. It was she, actually, wasn't she it? was yeah. wasted in that role. Mm. Nothing there. The brother plotline and the, the brother and the dad hardly got any screen time at all. So they were really flat. There was, the dad didn't. I, I thought the brother did. He got a bit, but then again, he kind of disappeared. They didn't. Yeah, really but I think that was. It. No, I, I found that fine. I was okay because that's just how I felt that story was, and mm-hmm. it, it went. And... I would have, I would have fixed this film by having the Dev Patel film be the framing device of the young kids film. So it starts yeah. with Dev Patel. And then we just get lots of, it keeps flashing back to him, but lots of flashbacks to the different mm-hmm. mo- the different moments from the kids' story without cutting any of the kids' story out because it is the best part of the film, but just kind of sprinkle it through the Dev Patel scenes. Well, I quite liked it the way it was because it made Dev Patel look like he was the older version of the kid as yeah. opposed to the other way around. And so it was told from the little kid's perspective, which is why Dev Patel didn't get a Best Actor nomination for this. He got mm-hmm. Best Supporting. Yeah, that's questionable because... He doesn't. He probably has less screen time than, say, Viola Davis in um, mm-hmm. Fences. Fences. But you can definitely make an argument that she's not the lead in that film. Whereas mm. I really don't know who else. If Dev Patel's not the lead in this film, oh, who is? Uh, and the little boy. The little boy. 
lead there? I'll say they're co- co-leads that kind of... Oh, yeah, I'd definitely say co-leads. Yeah, um, I guess. But for argument's sake, if, if Dev Patel is not the lead, then it well, That's the only option. Yeah. But... And he did have more screen time. The story was told from his point of view, mm-hmm. more so than Dev Patel's. It felt like he had more screen time. And to see how he, whether he, did he bookended it. Because yeah. he was there throughout Dev Patel's half of the film as well. Mm-hmm. With a few little flashbacks. Oh, I guess there were a few, yeah. And He, he was great. And he was there in the last yeah. scene. He was so That good. little kid was fantastic. Adorable. Yeah. Yeah, that's the second year in a row. I'm normally, I'm normally thinking that I don't like child actors, but that's the second year in a row I've seen a film yeah. with it, kind of carried by a child actor who actually is brilliant. Yeah. Jacob Tremblay in Room last year, and now mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, no, it was really, really good. And I, I thought that was Nicole Kidman's best performance in years. And it was actually. She was yeah. so good. Yeah. And she was working through some really distressing wigs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so, one of my favourite bits with her wigs. Every and time then, she flipped a wig, yeah. And then just a brilliant bit at the end where you see that those wigs were actually justified. What they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the female version of like gaining weight for a role or losing weight for a role. Oh, women yeah. do that too, to be fair. But like that kind of Robert De Niro, kind of Jared Leto thing of like torturing yourself. For Nicole Kidman, I feel that one was equally. Yeah. <laughs> a wig, such an unflashing wig was probably, mm. e- I would say, was equally Oscar worthy. She deserves it just for that for me. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so that was my number eight. What was your number eight? <laughs> uh, my number eight was Fences. Okay. Um, so that's my number seven. So we're kind okay, of in the not, same not too far off there. there yeah. yeah, I just thought it was very bad ad- adaptation into film. Yeah. I felt like it was a good ad- adaptation of a play. Well, it was a good play, but yeah, it was yeah. just a film of a play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. And I, I thought they, they could have done so much better with it. Because mm. it was a great story. Yeah. I went back and forward between this and um, Lion. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I put this slightly ahead is because the acting was so superior. Mm. Like, not, that, not that the acting wasn't amazing in Lion, but I felt like that those two, just watching those two act... Mm-hmm. was just it was just a joy like and again i felt like had i seen that cast in a theater or even in a you know how they sometimes screen major plays now into, into yeah, cinema, yeah. i think i would have preferred it like that to, oh, to yeah. sit in a cinema and watch the play mm. even even if not to see it live on broadway or, or wherever mm-hmm. because then you you go into it and you watch it as a play but yeah as a film it was just it felt very i feel like it was denzel washington directed and starred mm-hmm and I feel like he was a little bit too reverent to the script, to the original piece, because he's obviously so close to it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a very iconic play in the African-American community. August Wilson is probably considered the Tennessee Williams of the of African-American playwrights. He's mm-hmm. as good as it gets. He's written so many incredibly famous plays. Um, and he actually was working on a adaptation of a screen adaptation of the film, mm-hmm. of the play, and then he died. And so I think they just didn't really touch anything. And again, they kind of recreated yeah. the play shot for shots and they didn't yeah. really do anything. And yeah, it just didn't have any creativity, unfortunately. But mm. it was such, it was a really good story. Mm. And yeah, there were certain elements that I really related to. Like, like I found the father-son, especially the father-son relationship, most with the, the older son. There were elements of that that really resonated with me. Yeah. Me. yeah. Like the way yeah. he treated him, just the way he kind of slightly belittled him instead. Just in a kind of, the way I, I think dads often do. Not, not, not intended intentionally but kind of mm-hmm. yeah in a way that can be very frustrating so mm. yeah um and it's also the entire cast was i believe or more or less transferred from the broader productions so not just denzel and yeah Biden. which i really enjoyed i enjoyed that too and i mm. thought this all of them were clearly very in touch with their roles and yeah. i thought the old the other older guy his best friend whose name i forget now mm. was really really good mm. I, yeah he, we, no. i think he might have been my one of my favorite characters he was great i did feel some of the actors had aged out of their role in between having been doing this play for like five years like the old when the right. older sons there's a point in the film where the older son says i'm 34 i'm like <laughs> really <laughs> he was not I, he's like 47 yeah. The actor. <laughs> yeah um yeah but i thought i did like how they they aged at different points in the film and yeah that was subtle and 
you could really you could see it though, yeah. and I, it it if, was good. Yeah, if Denzel deserves an Oscar for anything, it is that overhead shot with him in the vest with the with his massive girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a really unflattering shot. Yeah, yeah. That, that was his Nicole Kidman wig moment. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, acting well, well, I think yeah, I think that Viola Davis is going to win for the best supporting and probably mm-hmm. justifiably so. Uh, and I think yeah, I think either of those, if they were to win their acting categories, I wouldn't be particularly mm. mad at it. I'd, if it won anything else, I would be a little bit disappointed because I don't think it warrants. Certainly not for direction, yeah. or as it's certainly not the best film of the year. But yeah, as, as I've, I'm glad I saw the play because mm-hmm. I've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it ever comes around as a production, which probably it probably will now that it's more well known at some point, I would see it in a heartbeat. But mm-hmm. as a film, yeah, it just didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I I feel the same on a lot of a lot of points you made there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of the acting, uh, well. No, the acting was incredible. I think people have bigged up Viola Davis's uh, role in this more than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, she certainly deserved a nomination, but she is not my pick. Okay. Because um, whenever people, or whenever I see videos that are showing her as an example in, in acting, it's always just that one scene yes. where she's got snot all over her face, mm-hmm. and I just can't see past the snot. Yeah, that actually wasn't my favorite scene that she did as well. That's definitely <clears throat> the most like award, like Oscar really mm. moments. And yeah, it's become like almost like a meme. It's like snot cry. I've seen that all over yeah. the place now, but which is very clever. But I preferred kind of the quieter moments with her character because mm-hmm. she was one. I think Denzel was giving a theater a theater performance in which she was really playing to the back of the room the whole time, mm-hmm. whereas she was a little bit. That scene, she's doing the same thing. She's quite shouty and almost mm. a little bit hammy. Yeah, but in other parts of the film, she's a lot more. She just. Act, does things with her face like without saying any dialogue or in very small moments that again without giving away too many plot points I thought were really really powerful mm. so I yeah. really enjoyed her I think I enjoyed her more than him but I did enjoy yes, him yes I did yeah, yeah I, I agree on that yeah. alright I believe you're next um, so what, are we up to number 7 now uh, I believe so yeah so what I've lost track so my 9 was, we had Axel Ridge then we had Axel Ridge then you had eight Fences at 8 and Fences. I had um, Line at 8 so nine. now it's 7 okay so my number 7 is uh, Hell or High Water Okay, okay. That's, yeah, reasonable. That's my six, I think. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't expect to like this as much as I did. This was a really pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. Um, the... I, I nearly saw it when it came out back mm-hmm. in August or something. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I believe it was that or Magnificent Seven. Oh, right. It came out at about the same time. <laughs> and you'll remember, uh, you uh, were also, that was on another podcast that uh, I do called Beer Pizza in a Movie. Plug, plug, um, plug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and we chose Magnificent Seven over Axel Ridge, which I regret. But yeah, I would have. I think that would have been. I enjoyed Magnificent Seven, but it kind of whelmed me. I, 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 it yeah. was as good as I expected it to be, but no more. Yes. Whereas I think if I'd gone to this, I fell asleep through most of it. So. Well, you did. So yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, I'd rather you hadn't. If you could have spent ten pounds and sleep for something, rather that than this, because yeah, I would. True. Yeah. You would feel. I would feel like you'd really missed something had you slept through this. Mm. Right? I love the the pacing and the length of this film. Yeah. Because it it was short. It was a, yeah, it was a tight ninety minutes. Yeah. If this deserves a, an Oscar for anything, I don't know if it's nominated it's for editing because it manages to. I really like a short film mm. because so many Oscar films in general now, but particularly kind of Oscar films, do tend to be like two hours clear, clearer two hours or what. Mm-hmm. So to see a, a short, compact film that nevertheless really tells a very complete story, yeah, I really like. Yeah, I spent the first half of this film kind of thinking. Mm, this is okay I've kind of seen a version of this film like mm-hmm. a million times before mm-hmm. and then it just took a few really interesting turns not in a yeah. twisty twisty way but just in a subtle way that I found really interesting and by the end I found myself really engaged with it yeah mm. um, it, even though 
yeah, I didn't really feel there were any twists or anything. Not twists in a M. Night Shyamalan, but just kind of twists so, on the genre, I think. Things you don't normally... Like, uh, so much focus on the financial scene, I thought was really interesting. Like, this whole mm. undercurrent of how they've been screwed over. and Yeah. yeah. Like how, and the fact that it was a, a modern Western in many ways. It wasn't like a... I, I actually thought this was a Western. I, I, I had no idea what the plot was. Yeah, so I, I put this on expecting, to be older. like, a horses and gunfighting, Magnificent Seven-style yeah. um, Western. And yet, and so when it was opened in what I presume is modern-day America... Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but mm. it did that very, very well. Mm. I liked it a lot. Um, I, uh, I think my favourite part of the film, or my fav- yeah, favourite thing in the film, was Jeff Bridges and his partner. They just were good, yeah. The conversations that they were having. They, mm-hmm. they were great. They were just really sort of playful and happy. And it, it was great dialogue as well, I thought. It was. It was very, very well written. Mm. Um, I think Jeff Bridges was definitely doing a very Jeff Bridges role. <laughs> Mm, like he, but maybe. he does that. That is the role he does very, very well. Yes, so. it is. Um, and he I'm got nominated ch- for it as well. He did get nominated. Yeah, mm. deservedly so. Um, I did have a few problems understanding the dialogue at times. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I, had to, I, I nearly put subtitles on. I had to rewind. I was watching on a DVD, so I had to rewind a lot. Same, which was, yeah, yeah. Um, not from the thing is, I didn't have any problems with Jeff Bridges or his partner or any of the extras or, or supporting cast because mm-hmm. who I presume were locals because mm-hmm. the one on who had particularly large roles yeah but it was just ben foster and uh, chris pine mm, yeah so i don't know if that was their accent well i don't know the accent well enough to be able to say they weren't doing the accent very well but i feel like if they would i think they were probably laying on a little bit too thick because mm-hmm. i really struggled to understand a lot of what they were saying mm. also did not know chris pine was like 36 i thought he was like a little bit younger than that really so, yeah oh, that's that was kind of frank. That fits, I think. Mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah okay one more thing on this film i yeah. want you to this is a little test i want you to guess who my favorite character in the film was uh, your favourite character? I'll give you a clue. It's none of the main ones. Oh. Um, wait, is this going to be an extra? More than an extra, but definitely a um, small role. Okay. Um, is it uh, his ex-wife? No, no, no. You'll kick yourself. It's once he's in one scene. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get it. No, the waitress. The amazing crappy waitress. Oh, damn it. She was, if anyone deserves the best supporting non for this film, it's her. Yeah. I loved her. <laughs> Except that one bitch who ordered card in 1986. Yeah. Amazing. I loved her. And I like to think, again, she's not even an actress. I would love to think that they just found her in a restaurant and like, just do your shtick. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if that's true or not, but I mm-hmm. really hope it is. But yeah, the only reason this isn't higher is that I don't know if I'll watch this many times again. Like, mm-hmm. There's other films higher up that I would really want to watch multiple times. There's this, mm. I watched it, I thought, nah, this is surprising me. This is really good. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think I can probably put it to bed. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, thought it was good. So I'll, I'll probably watch it again, but like in a couple of years, once I've forgotten most yeah. of it. Yeah, that's probably a good way. For, yeah, which then will be a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Um, so uh, Moonlight um, is my number seven, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit higher. That's my number three, I believe. Um, okay. Yeah, go on. But go on, justify. Yeah, yeah Moonlight. I. Uh, it's the only film on this list that uh, struggled to keep my attention. Okay. Um, which instantly puts it quite low because. You know, as soon as you've missed some bits of it, then you, you know, you, you haven't really got the film in mm-hmm. your head. And if it can't keep my attention, then I think that's got to be down to the filmmaking. Possibly. I think you didn't watch this in the cinema, did you? No, I didn't. No, I think that I think had you seen it in the cinema, you might have enjoyed it more because this mm-hmm. for me is that this reminded me not not only of how much I enjoy films, which I always mm-hmm. remember around this time of year, but how much I enjoy going to the cinema, like the experience of mm-hmm. being in the cinema and immersing yourself. Because this film for me was so. It's not. It's not like really heavy on plots, and it's not. As you say, it's not very plot driven. It's not very gripping in the traditional sense. Yeah. But it's very immersive, and it's very kind of. It's almost like a mood piece for me. Like it's just there's something about it that just 
if you allow it to, you can just you just allow it to wash over you. And it's the way it's shot and just the the way it kind of travels through time. Yeah. It's, I just felt it was probably the most artistic. I know that sounds a little pretentious, but it's the most artistic film of all the nominees, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just loved it. I thought it was really beautiful. I thought the way it was acted was fantastic. Um, yeah, and yeah, it made me think afterwards. It stayed with me, which I always appreciate in a film. Mm. So that that was. But I can understand if you just watch if you're watching it at home. I think if I was to watch it on DVD, I would probably not find it as engaging. I think it's definitely a film to experience in the cinema. Mm-hmm. So. It did. I, I did still quite appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought it was, yeah, it was really good. The acting was great. And well, what did you think of uh, the three actors that were playing uh, the main guy? Oh, I thought they were fantastic. Did, what do you think of them looking like each other? Well, they didn't, but that, I don't think that matters. Particularly when it jumped from two to three, because mm-hmm. that's a very jarring physical change. Yes, it is. And so for the first few minutes of that third act, I was like, oh no, that's a terrible idea. They've, they've, that, that's not the, act, the guy at all. Mm. I thought they'd really kind of jump the shark a little mm-hmm. bit. But then as it went on, he embodied the physicality of the character so well mm. with this kind of introverted kind of physicality, which is really at odds with his being so physically large and you know mm-hmm. kind of threatening looking yeah so i thought that was really really nicely done so and that's got to be down to the direction so yeah. i yeah. thought i thought they all were really really good and yeah it's interesting because this is another film where you'd struggle to pick out a lead in terms yeah, of because that's there's, very true. there's a lot to, so you could justify any of them being nominated for supporting and obviously mahershala ali mm-hmm. got the nomination who was fantastic he was incredible so good like mm-hmm. even though he isn't in the movie that much mm-hmm. when he's not on when he leaves the narrative mm-hmm. he really hangs over the film which yeah. is the definition of a great supporting yeah. thing for me is that you, he stays in your mind um but yeah i, I feel like you just as easily have nominated any of the three who played the kids yeah i agree, mm-hmm. I agree. so uh and then yeah and i thought naomi harris uh, was fantastic as well mm-hmm. um yeah, so again, really good acting and very artistic. So Naomi Harris was fantastic, mm-hmm. and she that. did that in three days. Three days. She came, she came in and did that. Shot all of her scenes over the course of three days. Oh my god, that is a, that is a weekend's <laughs> work. Like, and that is and that's one of the things where, when you think about the best supporting actress category, yeah, if if you accept that the two front runners are Viola Davis and her. Mm. You're comparing somebody who has much more screen time and has literally been honing that role to perfection for like half a decade. She's been yeah, doing that role yeah. on Broadway for years and years and years. To somebody who literally turned up and just nailed it and then went home. So in that sense, I would probably be a little bit happier if Naomi Harris won because I just think the achievement, mm-hmm. not to take anything away from what Viola Davis mm-hmm. did, but the achievement of doing that and creating that character in such a short space of time is really impressive. Mm. Well, I, I felt that she just got completely lost in the role. Mm-hmm. And she was she was just incredible. She yeah, yeah. best thing about that film for mm. me. Closely followed by Maharashi Ali. He, he was yeah, and I think the scene between the two of them um, is was probably the best part of the film when they're talking about the because he, he's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a spoiler. This is pretty obvious from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the one who's selling her drugs. So when he, they have that discussion about or argument about how she's not taking care of her son, but then he's kind of the cause of her in many could yeah. be said to be the cause of her problems and he's not going to stop selling her drugs so mm-hmm. I thought it set up a really interesting argument it didn't really tell you how to feel about it mm-hmm. it kind of left it hanging which I like I like it when films don't tell you how to feel and let you make up your own mind and don't create kind of idealised or villainised characters there were no characters in the film who were straightforwardly good or bad which yes. I really liked yeah, yeah it was, was very yeah, everybody was a little bit morally complex so mm-hmm. yeah this film made me think and yeah it was the one that I came out of the cinema thinking I want to see that again Mm. Again, probably in the cinema though. I don't. 
I kind of don't want to see it again this soon, but it's kind of annoying because I don't think if I watch it at home, it won't have the same effect. So yeah, maybe it'll be re-released in an anniversary edition in 10 years' time and I'll yeah. love it all over again. But <laughs> yeah, really liked it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so my number five is La La Land. Oh. My number three. Number three? Okay. Yeah. I had to really think hard again about where to put this one. Yeah, it was a difficult one. Yeah, because I feel like I'm... There's so many opinions about this film flying around right now. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's either the best film in the world mm-hmm. or it's a complete abomination and there's so little middle ground. And when I got out of the film, I broadly enjoyed it. Like, we did a review of it on BAP It's yeah. a Movie. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we all kind of agreed that we enjoyed it, but we also all kind of agreed that it wasn't perfect. We all we all had our little problems with it. Yeah. Which I stand by. And a lot of those problems have been magnified by the amount of criticism it's got. A lot of the things I kind of noticed that I didn't think entirely worked about the film such as the weird sound mixing making the songs hard to make out such as yeah. it's nominated for best sound engineering and best sound mixing which I find baffling <laughs> it makes me wonder if I'm not getting something maybe, ev- maybe you just don't know what the award is Cause, yeah because I don't well it's well, I, I assume sound mixing is how it sounds and sound editing is like how the sounds are placed I don't maybe. know but I don't again this is me wondering whether is there a, a is the academy a, a giant body that, nom- that all nominates for every category which seems ridiculous to me because mm. what does an actor know about sound engineering? Exactly, yeah. Or does or do professionals from each field nominate for each field? So do actors nominate actors, directors nominate directors, etc. Which I don't know which is the case, but that makes more sense to me. More, and if yeah. if sound engineers nominated this film based on the sound engineering, if it is what I understand it to be, which is the quality of sound of the film, mm-hmm. then I must be missing something because everything else I didn't like about the film. I can justify, I can understand as a choice that didn't work for me, but was an artistic choice. Mm-hmm. Like them not being very good singers or dancers. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was very much a conscious choice. Yeah. Like uh, the fact that there aren't, uh, the songs kind of disappear halfway through the film. I don't entirely yeah. understand that, but I can, it was obviously, different. things like that, fine. Um, but yeah, I really found a, the, the sound mixing really poor. Mm-hmm. The opening number is for me the prime example of that, where it's this huge production number. Uh, it was the high point of the film for me. It, well, it would have been for me if I could hear it. Like it's like the, it, they do this whole big song, and it's re- it's a great number, but it just it sounds like it was recorded like underwater. Mm. Did you notice this too? Or am I just deaf? I I didn't notice it when I was watching it. No, I, it really jarred with me. I felt like I'm being very negative about the film now, but it is my number five. Bear in mind. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like this. If there's one other criticism for this film, is it was afraid to be. I would have liked it more had it just really been a musical. Yeah. And really embraced being a musical rather than being a kind of semi-musical mm-hmm. because there were so many moments when it almost went there but then it just kind of pulled back a little bit mm. which yeah it just it stopped me from it from being as joyous as it could have been for me what did you think of the uh, the acting in it because they've both got best acting and best supporting acting yes Sorry, um, uh, yeah. this film really lived or died on the charisma of the actors because the characters yeah. on paper could be really hard to like and obviously a lot of people didn't like them because that's kind of come around a lot mm-hmm. I think she was great Emma Stone was great I don't think she's the best actress of the best actress list even though mm-hmm. I think she's a likely winner um, but I think she is Emma Stone has that charisma and that likability and that vulnerability which that character really needed mm-hmm. for, for her not to just seem really entitled and kind of bitchy Yeah. Um, him I thought he was fine I thought he definitely got... I think had it not been Ryan Gosling or someone equally pretty, it, again, it would have been very hard to warm up to that character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he deserves to be nominated for Best Actor. I think he's definitely been carried by I, the slipstream of the film. I'd, yeah, I agree with for both of them. Yeah, I, I don't think that either of them deserve to be uh, nominated for Best... Yeah, Best, yeah. A, best Acting at all. Yeah. Um, they they were just fine. Yeah. There was nothing special. They, they couldn't sing particularly. Their mm-hmm. dancing was just okay. 
Um, and this is your number three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for pointing it out, because I did really enjoy it. Like, I watched it and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed they put J.K. Simmons in it, because they're just... <laughs> Always a joy. Yeah, I mean, I love J.K. Simmons, and then it, it sort of... It showed you again that, oh, this is the, the director of Whiplash. And it was like, oh, yeah, Whiplash, I love that. And seeing J.K. Simmons just reminds you of that character. And yeah, so that, that helped a lot. The directing of this, I thought, was really good. Yeah, and I that's, agree. that's that's what kept me interested. Mm-hmm. It was very pretty to look at. All yes. the way through. It was very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I love a sort of uh, a Hollywood film set type film. Yeah. If you, if you understand that. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. It looks a bit setty, but in a way that yeah. I liked, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the thing. You, there's so many things to to criticize about this film, and but probably more, I could probably live, draw a longer list of things wrong with this film than I could with things like Lion or Fences that are below it. But mm-hmm. I walked out of this film fe- feeling satisfied as a viewer, feeling like I'd watched a really enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other ones, the, the things that were wrong with them, really kind of pulled them down a little bit more for me. So that's why this yeah. one's a little bit a little bit higher. But yeah. yeah, so maybe the most controversial thing to say about La La Land is it was just quite good. Was neither yeah. the best or the worst thing of all, of yeah. all time. So. I mean, I've got to say that for all these films. Like, I'm talking about lots of bad things, but mm. these are nine really good films. Yeah, that, no... I, that I've enjoyed all of them. Yeah, there's none that I really disliked at all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's there's none that I wouldn't, and that's wouldn't not recommend. Always, yeah. That's not always the case. I've seen some Oscar films that I hated in the mm. past. So yeah, yeah, definitely. What what would you what have you hated? Just slight diversion. What's your least favorite Oscar film? What least favorite Oscar. Well, what what strikes you as an Oscar film that you really didn't like? Uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. Okay. Why why so? so boring it was a little bit dry yeah you know. I enjoyed it again I watched it in the cinema but I would never watch that film again I was no. like well that was a good you know, historical epic but yeah. for me there was a period in the kind of mid to late noughties mm-hmm. when Hollywood kind of woke up to the fact that they needed to be telling more black stories mm-hmm. but they didn't trust the black actors and directors to write and produce them mm. so instead they wrote and produced them and directed them with mm-hmm. horribly patronising results <laughs> so films like Crash and um What's that Sandra Bullock one? Um, the Blind Side. Mm. Just awful. Just unbelievably cliched and re- felt for, to me felt really patronising. Mm-hmm. I don't think they stand up as films at all. So they're the yeah. kind of films I don't like. But we seem to, this year the, the three main like, if you will, black films. Um, Fences is a fully black production. Mm-hmm. African American production. Um, Moonlight. Moonlight directed by a black man, written by a black man, etc. Mm-hmm. Hidden Figures, which we haven't got to yet, was actually written and directed by um, a white couple i believe mm-hmm. or a white the director and the main screenwriter were white but i felt like they it didn't feel like it fell into that category which crash and the blind side did where it really pandered it mm. felt like it actually told a really good story and had respect for its the people it was the protagonists but anyway it did yeah yeah we'll get to that later well um, that's actually my next one that your number, so. okay so that's <laughs> your number five yes cool we're only at five hmm. i believe we're more anyway uh yeah uh hidden figures that i solely enjoyed that i found this film delightful yeah um it and any film about the about the space race it's just yeah. it's great it's so much fun I, like I really loved Apollo 13 it's not really mm-hmm. part of the space race but yeah it's and it had a lot of things that reminded me of that because um, some of the high points for Apollo 13 were just when you're looking at these people in NASA just doing maths trying to work this stuff out and it was I find that really interesting Hidden Vigors definitely delivered on that mm-hmm. and it did it in such a fun way with great music as well yeah I really like the um, music because I guess Pharrell was doing the soundtrack for that, mm-hmm. and I thought he was just doing like one song, but nope, all of them. Yeah. And yeah, it, there weren't bits where it was funny, was it? But it was it was lighthearted, and it was. Oh yeah, I would. I had some laugh out loud moments, definitely. Yeah, like, I think that's it's for me. The cast really made this. Mm. I, Octavia Spencer and Taraji B Henson are just 
two of the most likable watchable people in hollywood at the moment mm-hmm. i really enjoyed them both in this yeah and janelle Monáe too is the, the other one was really really good she's having a good year right yeah. she's in this and moonlight like, yeah i've never even know, known her act before she's more known as a singer and i think octavia spencer's in something else as well something else this year yeah yeah in the oscars there's two oh. things i forgot what it is i've forgotten too but she oh I, I i love her in anything but she was mm. so good in this if there was one criticism this is my number four so we, we were both kind of okay, talking yeah, about the yeah. same um yeah this wasn't a particularly artistic like triumph in the sense that it didn't do anything particularly revelatory like mm-hmm. the way it was directed was pretty workmanlike and yeah but it just worked for me on pure charm and on the cast and everything yeah um if there's a problem I had with it, it would be that I wish the women were together more because my favourite scenes were when they were together. Yeah. And the movie kind of, at the end of the film, I kind of understand why at the moment when they're watching John Glenn mm-hmm. and they're really, really won't he survive when they can't be together because you need Taraji B. Henson to be in that control room. Mm. That's that's like the climax of her story. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked it to bring them back together after that, maybe just for one extra scene. Because the first half of the film, there's lots of scenes of them together which... But, uh, yeah, I just, the movie really popped them because they got such yeah, great... and it opened with them together. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that was... scene where they're like getting drunk in the kitchen and dancing around, I just yeah, yeah. loved it. Yeah, um, wasn't keen on Jim Parsons. No, me neither. Um, I I didn't think that he. I didn't think it needed to be him. No, I don't think it was his fault. No, like, as as a performance, he did nothing wrong. But it was just Sheldon Cooper. I yeah. think had they cast somebody who was not Sheldon Cooper. It would have been fine. It mm. could even have been great. Mm-hmm. But just because you can't not look... That's because the character is so not really particularly far removed. Mm-hmm. Because Sheldon Cooper's kind of an awful person. <laughs> and this character's kind of a low-key racist person. Mm-hmm. I could imagine Sheldon Cooper treating Taraji P. Henson's character in pretty much exactly the same way. Yeah. So that made it more distracting. Because I'm watching a really cool film with Sheldon Cooper. It was like he was cameoing as his yeah. character. So that was a, bit, a little bit distracting for me. Now, what did you think of... Um... Uh, what what what's her name from Spider Man? Uh, oh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, that's it. She was fine. She was good. I absolutely loved the scene where she's saying like, "Oh, I'm, I'm not racist." Like, I have no problem uh, with you. People. Yeah, I have no problem with yeah. you people. And oh yeah, I'm sure you believe that. Yeah, that was the line of the film for me. Oh, God, and, so oh, good. Yeah. And that is such a great Octavia Spencer moment. Like, yeah, she really nailed that. So yeah, <laughs> I absolutely loved that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the love story elements were particularly necessary. Um, like yeah. the Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. again, someone having a very good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was fine, but I didn't feel like we needed that. Like, mm-hmm. I would have rather they cut that whole plot line out and just had more of them together than yes. for the three women. That yeah. would have been better for me. Because mm-hmm. uh, it didn't really add anything. We didn't really need to know that. And it mm-hmm. didn't really impact on her story particularly. Um, and yeah, we, I don't think we need to. We've got this great story about three women, you know. You know, achieving something, career, achieving, making huge achievements in their careers and mm-hmm. breaking boundaries and stuff, and it still kind of feels like we need to show them having a love story, and it's well, at least one of them have a love story. Yeah, and it just felt a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, right? I agree. I yeah, agree. So it was a slight waste of time. But other than that, I mean, I with so many of these films being so bleak and kind of downbeat, mm-hmm. and you know, it's nice to have some. Yeah, some I walked out of the ones. cinema with this one, like with a song in my heart. I just absolutely yeah. was in such a good mood with a smile on my face. And yeah. Yeah, and they could have made it quite downbeat. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't. Like mm-hmm. they they didn't not they definitely showed the, you know, all the things like the segregated bathrooms mm-hmm. and you know, the, the low key racism, mm-hmm. but they didn't really, they didn't get heavy handed with it. Mm. The women were never victims. They, yeah, they were never victimized. They were never, never brutalized. There was never any of that. Mm-hmm. It was, they always overcame it and they had really great positive attitudes. And yeah, it was it just it was really refreshing to not be beaten over the head with stuff like that. And so just but it also I think more effective because. In a way, that's that that kind of racism and that kind of judgment is more pernicious, and it's still around today because we don't have like legal segregation anymore. Mm-hmm. Give or take a few situations in America right now, but um, 
but those kind of you know, people people still get judged on the color of their skin or their orientation and there's yeah. in that very low key kind of way and i think that's more powerful to see on the screen so i really enjoyed that and i appreciated it so yeah, yeah. I, I find it great that we can have a powerful topic like that without it being an unhappy film yeah exactly which was really yeah. good um so next is yours Okay, so was that number four? Oh, well, so my number four was Hidden Figures. So my number five was La La Land, and my number four was Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. So we're up to the top three. Great. Um, are you also your top three? Are we, are we yeah, yeah. Oh, so my number three was Moonlight, which we've discussed. Yes. Um, so your number three? My number three was La La Land. Okay, oh, which we've all just... Oh, so we have the same top two. Oh, ah, that's wait, nice. Wait, no, we don't. Have you missed something? You must have done. We haven't... Well, my number two is Manchester by the Sea. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, that's my number four. Oh, when, well, how did we miss that? Oh, we'll talk about Manchester by the Sea, though. Manchester by the Sea. Um, so my number four, two, your number four. Yeah. Now, I, I'm i still wondering if it is my number four if mm-hmm. or if it's higher. It's okay. difficult because I came out of that film and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, and I didn't enjoy Casey Affleck's acting. I just wasn't a fan of him. And Michelle Williams, I didn't think was particularly powerful in this film. I was going in judging them both because I knew they were both nominated. Yeah. And... Yeah, well, Michelle Williams disappointed me. Casey Affleck was just bland, which he's good at, and that's what the that's what the role uh, required. Um, but the more I think about this film, the the more I actually like it. The more I look back, and I could actually watch that again. Not that it's okay. it's not a barrel of laughs. I think it's actually funnier than so, I so, thought so, it was. Actually, yeah, saying that there are a lot of I was surprised how wrong laughing. Yeah, really, yeah, I think it's a bit. This film has been marketed as such a depressing experience. And I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of people have said, who've actually said, oh, I don't want to see United. It just looks so bleak and depressing, which mm. is, I think does the film a disservice because it's actually pretty funny. Mm. Like, yeah. lo- For me, this film really works with the chemistry between the two. With Casey Affleck and Lucas Hedges. Yeah. Yeah. Their chemistry is spot on. Yeah. And it's really, really, it allows it to be funny without it being distractingly funny. Like mm-hmm. It's not like jokes, 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 jokes. Mm-hmm. It's funny in a way that feels natural and real in the way that real people are funny. Not in the way that people are delivering punchlines and zingers. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I felt it was a very believable relationship, and they were both mm. very be- believable characters. And I thought it was the the dialogue, and it was great. Really, it really was good. amazing. And that's what got uh, what, what what's his name again? Supporting actor? Oh, uh, Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges. That's what got him his nomination. He got those lines. Was, yeah. He just he got the best lines. Just. Yeah. Walking into that room, just going nope, and just yeah. walking out like yeah. perfect. Lots, so many little moments in this film. Really, I really appreciated. Like yeah. it, it, this wasn't a big laugh moment because it was a horrifying scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Michelle Williams's character is being hauled into a stretcher mm-hmm. and they can't get the stretcher into the car into the back of the van, <laughs> yeah, and it they hold it for so long mm-hmm. and it's so uncomfortable and it's this kind of very gallows humor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was what a great thing to do because like, mm. that's that is life that is real life yeah, yeah. you know at those mo- the worst moments in your life something will happen that will you know puncture the drama of it. you know life isn't like a film where everything's clean it's mm-hmm. messy and it I, I like that this film confronted mm. how messy real life is and real emotions are i thought mm-hmm. it was, in that sense it was i would disagree that case effort was bland i think that's a little harsh i really felt it, again, it's so hard to compare what he was doing to what, say, Denzel Washington was doing. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington was like acting, cap- <laughs> capital letters, yeah. acting. Whereas I thought Casey Affleck was doing very subtle internal stuff. Yeah. And it, but I do think it's deceptively difficult to do that well. Mm-hmm. And I think he did create a very good kind of differentiation between the character, the, the character in the flashback scenes when when he's happier. And the character in the present day scenes when he's not so happy. Again, I'm mm-hmm. trying not to give away plot points, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he's very, very different in those two sections of the film. And I thought he, yeah, there was 
the fact that he never did really go there and start like beating his chest and screaming, he never had like a real mm-hmm. Oscar real moment, mm-hmm. meant that when it almost got there, like the scene with him and Michelle Williams towards the end, mm-hmm. it broke my heart. It really did. Mm. Not, I would agree, she didn't impress me that much because she distracted me in that scene because she did this whole thing where she was crying, supposedly, but mm-hmm. her face was bone dry. And it really <laughs> yeah, distracted me. Yeah, same, I was like, You're same. not crying, and I know you can cry. Mm. And that was, that was weird. But even that, putting that minor point aside, he just absolutely broke my heart in that scene. I thought mm. he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like this. But I like. Kenneth Lonergan, the guy who wrote this film, he also wrote mm-hmm. a film called You Can Count On Me, mm-hmm. which is very similar to this in many ways. Okay. It's kind of that kind of low-key family drama. Like It's about a brother and sister. and Mark Ruffalo. Um, really good. If you like Mark yeah. Ruffalo, good Mark Ruffalo film. Mm. Again, quite funny in places, but also has elements of you know, tragedy and mm-hmm. yeah. emotional. And Laura Linney as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I loved that film. And this film was definitely similar to that film. So, and yeah, the, it's the writing. For me, Kenneth Lonergan films are great because they're so well written and the dialogue is so good and so well observed mm. so yeah I really really enjoy this again not a film I'm going to rewatch many many times over because mm-hmm. it is a little bit it takes a lot out of you um, but something I really enjoyed and respected and I'd, I'd be happy with it winning anything that it won mm. yeah so. great well nice, quite nicely we both had the same number 9 which was Axel Ridge mm-hmm. and it turns out we both have the same number 1 but what which, was your number 2? my number 2 was Lion Oh, yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. um, we both have the same number one, which we is did. Arrival. Yay. Um, which, uh, and it was the first one we both saw, I thought. Yes, it, it came was. out outside yes, Oscar season. Everything yeah. else came out like in the past six weeks. Yeah. Because we saw this back in November. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I absolutely love that film. And I've seen it twice now. Yeah. I have not, but I want to see it again. Because it's almost a miracle that this film is my number one. It's yeah. a testament to how good this film is because we saw this film in Amsterdam. Yeah. And um, we watched it. So it had subtitles. But we thought, oh, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, uh, but of course, it's about interp- it's about an interpreter. Mm. So, like for two hours, the, the, the whole film is building up to Amy Adams's character. Will she or won't she be able to communicate with the aliens? Mm. And then I don't think it's a particular spoiler to say that she, at the end she does. Mm-hmm. So, at the climax of the film, she has a conversation with the aliens, but it's in alienish. It's in the alien <laughs> language, and it's subtitled, and it was subtitled in Dutch, so we yeah. had no idea what they were saying. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so frustrating. But and uh, uh, the the build up for that for me has been. It's been mental. Like, oh my god, what did they say? And mm. then I watched the film and I see it, and that was the only part of the film that I was disappointed in. Oh. But only I think because I built it up for yeah. three months in my head. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, it was kind. Of, we were able to figure out, I think, from what happened afterwards in the context. Yeah. Roughly. What oh yeah, the definitely. Point was. Yeah. It wasn't like we, the film lost us at that point. No. We not could follow what happened afterwards. Mm. Yeah, and this film has quite a complicated. I tackle some quite complicated issues, mm. but it it's never hard to follow, and I think that's a real. It's an incredible testament to yeah. it, and the pacing in it. Again, so well edited. Outstanding, because yeah. there are some scenes that are so slow. Mm. Incredibly just taking everything But it takes slowly. its time. It's not it does. self-indulgent. Yeah. And, and it, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have changed this film in any way to try and make it shorter or anything no, like that. Because we, we did just talk about how much uh, Hell or High Water was mm. just great for being 90 minutes. But this one was great for being, I don't know, 2 hours 20, whatever it was. Yeah. But it didn't waste anything. It wasn't self-indulgent. Yeah. And it jumped around... Again, it jumped around in so many different timelines of the film. Mm. But it, again, it, you always knew where you were. Yeah. And that... And it and it delivered the emotional kick really well. Like, again, the twist at the end, I didn't really... I didn't see it We're coming. not going to say the twist, by the way. Sorry. We're not going to say the twist, by the way. No, we won't say what it was, but I'll say that the twist... I didn't see it coming. Uh, but when it kicked in, it didn't feel like a M. Night Shyamalan kind of pull the rug under you, twisty twist. Like, mm-hmm. it felt... It made sense, and it was it was heartbreaking. Again, it, it, the mm. way it was done was so really poignant and really yeah. beautiful, and really 
Yeah, this film really stayed with me. And I liked how much different parts of the film you could see the characters were really interested in something and you were equally interested. Like, there's a bit um, about a third of the way in where uh, they're experimenting with gravity, kind yeah. of. Oh, yeah. And that bit, like, everybody was like, wow, what is this? And then the scientist guy was just like, I'm going for it. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just completely into that. It was great. Yeah. Also, the music in this film is outstanding because mm. it was really subtle, but I've since heard it in other videos um, on YouTube, just watching it. And just playing that music again just brings back some really strong emotions yeah, of just so. how into that film I was. Mm. And all I was doing was just hearing the music. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a theme tune. It's not anything that can get stuck on my head or I can recite, but it was just... Yeah. Brilliant. Speaking of beautiful things, how nice was her house? Oh god, yeah. I really wanted <laughs> oh, to live yeah, in her I house. I love that house. That house was gorgeous with the lake and the windows. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, just for the house alone. Yeah, in my yeah. top five, it was beautiful. It was made for the exact correct amount of money. I feel like mm. this wasn't like a three hundred million dollar blockbuster, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a twenty million dollar cheap thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was probably made for about. I have not seen. I would imagine it was probably made for about eighty to one hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And every dollar you can see on the screen, yes. it's not too much. Like the CGI they use is very sparing and it's used mm-hmm. very cleverly because that is something that always t- always takes me out of a film when, when CGI becomes too obvious mm-hmm. because I can never really buy into a CGI, mm-hmm. a fully CGI film yeah. or or a film that mixes CGI and real world stuff, I should say. Yeah. Like I can buy into a Pixar film, fine. But <laughs> um, yeah, fil- when films really go overboard with the CGI, it, mm. it always they haven't quite got to the point yet where it looks natural enough mm-hmm. and it's always distracting. I was aware I'm watching CGI. But this mm. film did it so well because it only really did it in very sparing moments and it very cleverly it was often quite shadowy and you didn't really see anything and there were so many things that i, I believe other directors would have honed in on the wrong things yes for example these ships came down and then they started floating about 10 feet above the ground mm-hmm. and at no point did anybody ask the question how are they doing that mm-hmm. and i feel like there are so many other directors that would have done that and would have treated it like an alien invasion film mm-hmm. absolutely um, just stuff like that which was completely beside the point because yeah. it wasn't about that it wasn't really about aliens no um no it was about it, this, it, if it reminds me of anything it's a film from the 90s called contact with jodie foster mm-hmm. which again is a, it's a space film mm-hmm. but it's it's not an action film it, it's very philosophical and it's about kind of how about humanity and who we are and how we interact with each other and how we would interact with if we did make contact with another species and mm-hmm. it's very, very thoughtful in that way. And this film, yeah, I, I left this film. Well, we talked about it for ages. I remember we left the cinema and we spent the rest of the night just talking about this film. Mm. And it's, it's just really stayed with me. It's yeah. a film that, yeah, I often think about and I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. And yeah, really, really hope this wins Best Picture or wins something. I really hope this, this really deserves oh, to Oh, it'll be. definitely win like cinematography. I hope so because it, it, yeah, it, it was visually just beautiful. Yeah. This film didn't put a foot wrong. Mm. It was beautifully acted. Mm-hmm. Beautifully directed, mm-hmm. amazing story, edited to perfection. This film deserves to be. This is the film that should take all the Oscars. Yeah, this yeah. should be the La La Land that's nominated in everything because it yeah. got everything right. And I'm yeah. kind of a little bit irritated that it it got a lot of nominations, but it deserves more. Mm. This film really, really, yeah, loved mm. it. So yeah, definitely, definitely one of their two films up for La- for our rival. Fantastic. All right, well that is uh, that, that's our ten uh, nine films. Cool um, of the best pictures. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good list. Um, I do want to quickly just talk about the different actors and yeah. First of all, uh, so going. would you say who do you want to win Best Director first? Best Director, Arrival guy. I would agree. Yeah, forgotten his name. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. He's French. Sure. Yeah. I think it's the nominees are him, 
Damien Chazelle for La La Land, uh-huh. Mel Gibson for Axel Ridge. Mm. Um, I forget the other two, but yeah, it's for me. Yeah, it's clearly Denis Villeneuve arrival. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, for acting. So best actor, we have Andrew Garfield for um, Hacksaw Ridge, Denzel Washington for Fences. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got Viggo Mortensen for Captain, Captain Fantastic, Fantastic. Uh, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, and Ryan Reynolds for La La Land. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, sorry. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> I think enough. everyone does. Um, yeah, that's definitely Viggo Mortensen for me. Okay, interesting. Um, actually, I say definitely. I did like ponder over this quite a bit it's him, between him and Denzel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely Viggo Mortensen because that film didn't get the nominations it deserved. No, this film should have got more attention. I, I It's 100% should have been a best picture. Where would this have ranked in your best picture rankings? I was going to ask you the same. I think it, for me it would be about number four, which okay. is just below La La Land and, and by Manchester. Okay. I think I would have ranked it a little bit low. I think it would have been about seven or eight for me. But mm-hmm. I did really like it, but I had a few problems with it. I found it overly quirky and overly pleased with itself. Okay. And again, this, was a, this is an example of a film where I don't like child actors. Yeah. Because they made them so precocious and the dialogue that they gave... I know they're supposed to be hyper-intelligent children, mm-hmm. but the dialogue that they gave them was just too on the nose and too much. Mm-hmm. And they, the fact that they were dressed like Lost Boys as well. I'm like, <laughs> I really just, like that. <clears throat> but having them dressed like Lost Boys and then talk, delivering lines like, um, but you said that the, Ameri- the American health system is a fat pig suckling on the teeth of it. It was some mm. awful line that no kid, no, from like a five-year-old. And it was just, no matter how intelligent a five-year-old is, mm-hmm. that's not natural dialogue. And mm. that, that kind of thing just irks me. But very, still a very good film. And I, again, I appreciated that it was a film that made me think. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not, it wasn't one of my, the most satisfying things I've seen this year on the list. It's definitely one of the ones that I thought about a lot afterwards. And yeah. for that, for telling an interesting, different story, mm-hmm. quite a unique story. It mm-hmm. reminded me of kind of a mix between Dogtooth and Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it definitely should have been a Best Picture nomination. And mm-hmm. he definitely deserves to be on the list for Best Actor. Because that character yeah. could have been, with another actor playing him, just awful. Yeah. He could have been either a complete cartoon it's or just really a monster. Yeah. yeah. But he actually managed to make you believe that he did have this internal struggle, but also that he was very sure of himself mm. and quite ego-driven. And that kind of dichotomy mm-hmm. i found really interesting to watch so and i really like Viggo Mortensen in anything so mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i don't think he's my pick i i'm gonna go with casey affleck for this i oh, really enjoyed what he did yeah um yeah I, yeah denzel washington was great i won't be mad if he wins but again it was more of a theater production performance in a theater production so yeah. it feels a little bit out of place yeah andrew garfield best thing about a mediocre film uh <laughs> and ryan reynolds shouldn't be nominated i don't think not that he was bad but but ryan gosling on the other hand I keep doing this. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds should have got the nom over Ryan Gosling because I think, yeah, give him that for Deadpool rather than this. At least he kind of carried that. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say Casey Affleck. You're going to say Viggo Monson for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best actress, uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for um, La La Land, Ruth mm-hmm. Nager for Loving, Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, say that three times fast. And Isabel Huppert for L. Now, I haven't seen L or Loving yet, which is a shame. I'm hoping to get them both watched tomorrow before okay. we actually watch the Oscars. Oh, cool. Um, but I did today watch Florence Foster Jenkins. Okay. And although I think that Meryl just gets nominated for just whatever she does, yeah. I do actually think that she was really good in this. She was she's always really good. In, in, initially, I didn't. Uh, it just didn't sell with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what is this? Oh, dear. And there were points where I just looked at my housemate, just like, what are we watching? Yeah. <laughs> Because um, it is so weird. It's an interesting. But then, film. By, the t- by the time it finished, I was like, actually, she's done really well. And then I look at my list, and I see who, who else is nominated for best actress, and Meryl is my number one of those okay, of the three films that I've seen. Okay. Uh, what my pick is Isabel Huppert. Oh God, I could talk forever about Elle. You've not seen it yet, so I'm not mm. going to say too much. 
do do watch it. Oh yeah. You might not like it as much as I do because it's one of those. I imagine it'll be a very marmitey kind of film. Mm-hmm. It's very very dark. It's quite strange. And yeah. It's quite difficult in places, but oh god, it's she is phenomenal. <laughs> she is. I don't know why I went straight to Staccato there. She <laughs> is so good. I absolutely adore. It. And that yeah, just blew me away. Um, Natalie Portman, I thought was the best thing about a bad, not a bad film, but about a boring film. Mm-hmm. Same. And I would say that about Ruth Nagel as well. Both very good, but just let down by not by the material, mm. which is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Emma Stone. Yeah. Probably the best thing about, aside from the visuals, in, in terms of acting, she was definitely a step above mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. She was good. She was, it was a star performance. It was kind of an ingenue, you know, yeah. yeah. It, that's her moment. This is her moment. Great. Good for her. Mm. Uh, yeah. I want to quickly dwell just on the subject of Florence Foster Jenkins. Cause we won't, we won't be returning to it. What did you think of Simon Helberg in this film? Um, now I've heard what you said and you're, you're, you're going to say, and I agreed with that for the first half of his performance, but then the second bit, I'd, I was completely sold on him. Okay. And I really felt that, uh, his character arc is the same as that actor's arc as well. That like, he was just given this great opportunity. Oh my God, I'm going to be <laughs> playing piano for this amazing person getting paid mm-hmm. so much. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be working with her. I'm going to play in this amazing place. Mm-hmm. And Simon Helberg is like, oh my god, I'm I'm acting with Meryl. Mm. Would you know how he got the role? No, he got the role because he is actually a concert level pianist. He's oh, an really? amazing pianist. Oh, I didn't know. And so that's why, over probably more well known actors, he mm-hmm. got the role because they needed someone who could really play those pieces, and those pieces were really hard. Mm. So that was what gave him the. He was one of the, he's one of the few kind of Hollywood actors in his age range mm. who can play piano to that level. So that's okay. helped him to get the role. Yeah. So. Which fair enough. and I didn't. To be fair, I didn't dislike him in the role. I just found it one of the oddest performances I've seen because <laughs> it was just so. I told you this before. It was just so strange the way he, as a portrayal of like an effeminate gay man, he was just doing so much. Mm-hmm. It was such a kind of mannered and kind of spaced out kind of. It was like it was like everything. It was like he was in a room and every, I felt like everything he touched was going to give him a small electric shock or something. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. It was, <laughs> or, or like he was on drugs the whole time and it's like oh look I have hands yeah it was, was yeah it was, was very odd it was yeah it was odd and it, 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 I think he just, if he just pulled it back to touch I would have enjoyed it more but he was just mm-hmm. just doing a little bit too much I think maybe when you were against, acting against Meryl Streep you're like mm. oh god I've got to really get method on this yeah. I've really got to do some stuff let's <laughs> yeah. bring it so I can sympathise with him but yeah yeah, yeah. Very, very bizarre but yeah not bad mm. uh, best supporting actor mm. uh, so Mahershala Ali for same. Moonlight same Oh, is that your number one? Mm. Oh, that, I'm not doing this in order. I'm just listing oh. them. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but that's spoiler. That's yours. Uh, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. That's the one I haven't seen. Depp Patel for um, Lion. Yeah. So we both agree Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Good. A true supporting performance in a category in which I think everyone else except for Michael Shannon could be, you could argue, played a lead role. Jeff Bridges... Question. Yeah, I wouldn't really say on Jeff Bridges. But Dev Patel and Lucas Hedges, you could argue, make an, a strong argument that they were co-leads. Mm. Um, whereas Mahershal Ali had limited screen time, but just really stuck, stayed with you. Mm. And again, without having a traditional Oscar scene, like Naomi Harris in Best Supporting, who we'll get to in a moment, mm-hmm. that was like the most Oscar bait role of all time. Yeah, Not to denigrate what she did, but you know, that ticked every box, you know, poverty, mm-hmm. drug addiction, aging, you know, mm-hmm. accent work, you know, everything. Whereas he was... Had was doing something much more subtle, mm. but equally, if not more powerful, really, that it is in a few in like three or four scenes that his main scenes just yeah just blew me away and just absolutely fantastic. He's yeah. 
really done well this last year because he, he was my favourite thing in Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's my, yeah. Probably oh, arguably my favourite thing in this. Wasn't my favourite thing in him figures, but okay. he's in yeah. it, so yeah. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, it's him all the way. Mm. Um, wouldn't mind um, Lucas Hedges winning because I do think he was very good. And he even, was, yeah. Yeah, and even Depp Patel. I had a problem with the way Depp Patel's story arc was portrayed on the screen. Mm-hmm. But I think with what he had to, to do, he did very well. And I like him anyway, so... I, I wouldn't be happy with Dev Patel winning, but that's not a thing for Dev Patel. That's I just I think he's in the wrong award there. Yeah. Um. And so I'd, I'd be a little bit bitter about that because mm-hmm. it robs an actual supporting. Role. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um. Best supporting actress. Yeah. Uh. For me, it's Naomi Harris. Okay. So yeah. So it's Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Um. I would agree. Uh. Between Naomi and Viola. Yeah, it's almost a, almost a dead heat for me, but I would say for for what she did in such a short amount of time, yeah. I would say Naomi Harris because, as I say, Viola Davis came in and did something she's been doing for years, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like Naomi Harris really again the definition of a supporting role coming in, not the main character by any stretch of the imagination, in a mm-hmm. few scenes, just really standing out and being just really dominating the film in many ways. And even when she's not <laughs> yeah. on screen, yeah. she kind of looms over the film in a really mm-hmm. interesting way. So I really, really liked her in this. Um, Nicole Kidman, plus definitely best supporting wig work. Um, <laughs> and I thought she, I, I really liked her. She, she some... was good. I don't really think she was given the role to win a best support. No, yeah. Th- this was kind of a little bit more of a supporting in the sense of, yeah. yeah. She had a, f- a couple of really good scenes, but she wasn't quite in it enough. Yeah. Octavia Spencer. I feel the same. Yeah. That she wasn't given the role to, to win this award. Yeah. I think it's a goodwill nomination for her. Like, mm-hmm. she was fantastic, mm-hmm. and I have no problem with this kind of performance, this kind of more slightly more comedic performance being nominated. Mm-hmm. Actually, like, I wish that happened more often. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's not something, it's not a million miles away from what she did in The Help. Yeah. So she picked up two Oscars in a, in a relatively short amount of time mm-hmm. for playing quite similar characters. I wouldn't mm-hmm. really, I think that might be too much. So, no. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to have her there. Um, I'm glad that Hidden Figures is represented in the acting. Yeah. I think it's a shame. To go back to Best Actress for a moment, I think two people from Best Actress really were robbed a little bit. One is, uh, the main one is Amy Adams, mm-hmm. who really carried um, Arrival. And mm. again, she was doing such subtle work that she didn't have that big Oscar moment, but I would definitely swap her out for Meryl personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also Tara G.P. Henson. Mm. A bit, bit of a shame she didn't make the cut either. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a shame that Octavia's the only person with the help because all three of those main actresses were so good. Yes. But I'm glad at least one of them is. And as I say, I mean, I just love Octavia Spence. I would never ever begrudge her being award shows or being nominated for anything she's just fabulous mm-hmm. um, so yeah but yeah I would say Nomi Harris I would agree with a Viola Davis just coming up behind mm. um, yeah so yeah that's uh, that's that that's that's my it's not predictions no those, 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 hopes and dreams yeah those are my hopes and dreams soon to be shattered tomorrow night yes but um, what are you what are you expecting from tomorrow night in terms of predictions no not predictions but just things to happen oh well, we have our bingo cards here we're going to be watching it tomorrow night uh, we're going to have a little party so we have our, our Oscar bingo uh-huh. drinking game ready to go so I have all the cliches written down Good. I'm hoping it's fun I'm hoping it's not too preachy mm-hmm. there's going to be some Donald Trump stuff inevitably yeah. you know as, as there probably should it, be but... I hope it's going to be more America let's, let's stick together like yeah, we can I get through this yeah I hope it's positive yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm hoping for an entertaining show I'm hoping for some surprises yeah I hope, I, I'm not going to be like furious should La La Land win a lot I just don't want it to win everything because that, that's always yeah. really boring when there's one film that just wins I really hope there's a few films that go against if Isabel Hooper beats Emma Stone I will be over the moon if that happens mm-hmm. I don't think it'll happen but if that happened I'll be so so happy mm. um, and that's nothing against Emma Stone but that's just 
for what Isabel Huppert did and for it being a really surprise kind of left field kind of mm-hmm. nomination. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love it if Arrival picks them up. Really, really want that to pick, especially some of the bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope, yeah, I hope there's something like Mad Max a couple of years ago where something that has a lot of nominations but isn't really being considered as a front runner mm. just, oh, just it, it, picks, it picks everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That would be absolutely lovely. Um, yeah. I'm hoping for the same and I'm. I don't know if I'm excited for Jimmy Kimmel or not. He seems a bit of a bland, safe choice. Yeah, of the. I can't imagine him doing a really good musical number. I can't imagine. No. Him... His I've seen his his American chat show and he's he's fine, but he's just kind of genial. He's kind of just friendly and he... there's not much to him mm. that I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm that's... actually interested to see what he does do because I don't even know if he has a history of being a stand-up comedian or not or what. No, his... I'm not sure. I can imagine it being a bit nothingy yeah. yeah that's what i'm hoping won't happen yeah i'm hoping he surprises me in a positive way yes definitely um yeah and other than that i'm just hoping for a for a great show yeah i hope i stay awake all the way through it <laughs> mm. so uh we'll probably be back um uh, i think on monday morning we'll do a little uh post yeah the show. post it yeah talk about all that um that'll be a short one though yeah so not an hour which we're at now okay um yeah and so uh if well any questions for listeners well, the time this goes out, this will be ancient history, so there's not much point asking them. What That's true. Yeah. But yeah. let us know what you thought about the Oscars, what your favourites were, yeah. whether you agree with our choices, our rankings. Yeah, we... whether you agree with the actual result yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let us know all of that at um, Beyond the Box Set. We're at Twitter, at Beyond the Box Set, Facebook, Beyond the Box Set. You can email us, beyondtheboxset at gmail.com, or visit our website, beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and next week we return to our regularly scheduled programming for episode five, which is going to be... The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element, which oh, I chose. That's yes. a good... That's the, the fifth episode, and fifth it's the ele- fifth element. I would love to say that was deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. something to look forward to. Great. Okay, well, um, yeah, see you all uh, in Monday morning, I guess. <laughs> yep, bye. Bye.